0: Attention HR professionals, are you tired of dealing with poor performance from your managers? Are you sick of having managers run to you for every single little problem? Would you like to build the confidence and competence of your management team? If so, then contact Boss Builders. At Boss Builders, we specialize in building up the skills and confidence of your organization's managers. We do this through our popular Driving Results on-site training programs, our signature program, the video-driven Boss Builder Academy, and we even license our course materials so you and your internal training staff can get those managers confident and competent. For more information on how we can help you improve the performance of your organization's managers, contact us today at www.thebossbuilders.com or at 931-221-2988.
1: Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the Boss Builder Podcast, the podcast for those of you who are new to supervision, those of you who have been in the role for a while and are struggling, and even those of you who are thinking about one day making the transition to management. What if we could do something for you that would give you an insight to how people process information, how they think, how they make decisions, how they energize themselves? Would that be worth something to you? Well, the short answer is it ought to be because that's exactly what we're going to do in this episode of the podcast. Many of you might remember that we had a couple episodes earlier this year with our strategic coaching partner, Margie Bush. We actually did a show on coaching and then we did a two-part series on the first three dichotomies from the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. Well, it took us a while, but we managed to get Margie back. And so what we're going to do is we're going to talk to her today about that last dichotomy. The difference between judging and perceiving and what's good about that is we'll tie all of them together and the best part of all is at the end of the program margie has a very special offer just for individual listeners of the boss builder podcast where she will actually administer the myers-briggs type indicator to you and have a one-hour coaching session again just for people who listen to the podcast and just for individuals not for organizations Margie's going to talk to us a little bit about the overview, then she'll go back and give you some specific examples. And in the end, you will get some actionable takeaways that I promise will make a difference in the way that you interact with your direct reports and even your boss. So with no further delay, let's talk to our special guest, Margie Bush. Margie Bush, welcome back to the show.
2: Thanks, Mac. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah. Hey, I'm glad to have you back. And for those of you who listen to the podcast regularly, you probably want to know what happened because after episode number 16, we never heard from Margie again. Well, I think it just kind of is a testament to the fact that uh, Margie's very busy. She's booked doing a lot of stuff and it was really hard to get the time coordinated, but we're glad to have you back, Margie and to help us finish up our series on the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. So let's do a quick review. Uh, First of all, we started off, it was episode number 15, and it was on the difference between extroversion and introversion. Is that, that's right, isn't that how we did it? Yes. Okay, and so what we said, or what you said, is that extroverts are the life of the party, Introverts are quiet and shy. Is that correct?
2: <laughs> Not at all.
1: <laughs> okay, good. Just testing, just to make sure I know what I'm talking about. So, really quickly, tell us about the differences.
2: The, the preference with the extroversion are folks that tend to talk things out. So, when uh, you're, you're, you'll see this in a meeting. So, they're talking out their ideas. And so, oftentimes, they're thought of as being rude or talking over people, what we have to remember is this is just how they're hardwired and this is how they interact with other people. When we're looking at the preference for introversion, they are not shy, Uh, they give that appearance, but they tend to be more reserved and wait to be invited into conversation. So when you're in a meeting as the boss with someone and they have this preference, or if you're not even sure and you see someone not speaking up, it could be that they just need a little more time to reflect and think about their ideas before they express those.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's great advice because I think if you don't understand that, you're going to assume that the quiet person doesn't even know what they're doing or they're not paying attention. And yet if they have that preference, they're just thinking about it. So that's our first dichotomy. Now in episode number 16, what we did is we actually brought in Uh, actually two of the dichotomies, that was the preference for sensing and the preference for intuition, followed up by the preference for, for thinking and the preference for feeling. So really quick, can you give us a quick reminder of what those are about?
2: Yes, of course. So when we look at those, and the reason why we did those two dichotomies together is these are thought of in type talk as our mental processes. So the sensing and intuition, that's how we take in our information, the way we, where we focus our attention and how we, we gather our data. So if we're looking at sensing, these folks are concrete and realistic. And when we look at intuition and the ways that they, they gather their information, it's more abstract and conceptual. So they, they look at theories. When we look at thinking and feeling, that's how we make our decisions based on that information that we've gathered. And the thinking folks uh, with that preference, they are making decisions in a logical way. So when they're in a decision-making conversation, they're going to be questioning and they may appear critical and tough-minded. Again, this is how they're hardwired. Uh, With the preference for feeling, uh, they are going to make decisions uh, in an empathetic way, be more accommodating and accepting of others. And they're going to have their focus more on how that decision is going to impact the people where the thinking may be more uh, bottom line.
1: Okay. And what we're talking about here, just as a reminder, is of preference. So you're not locked in one way or the other. You're just more comfortable with one. So so one analogy that that I use sometimes is is this one. So I'm going to put you on the spot here, Margie. <laughs> what would you rather have for breakfast? Would you rather have an apple or a donut?
2: <laughs> I, I would rather have a donut.
1: Okay. You'd rather have a donut. So if there was nothing else to eat on the planet except an apple, could you eat that apple for breakfast, even though you'd rather have the donut?
2: Of course I could.
1: Okay, so what we're saying here is you would prefer a donut, mm-hmm. but if you had to have an apple, you wouldn't, you you would have the apple, right? Of course, of course. Okay, so just to clarify language then, we don't call people an introvert or an extrovert in the same as we wouldn't start calling Margie donut. So our special guest today is donut, right? We just, we have Margie Bush, whose preference for breakfast happens to be a donut. So you can always spot an amateur because they always say extrovert or she's an introvert. Yes. So just, just FYI, right?
2: Exactly. Yes. And I I tell you, that is like, if I can use this uh, nails on a chalkboard for me. So when I'm giving workshops, I'm always listening for that language and then suggesting to them to think about it as it is, it's a preference And that feels more like stereotyping to me than just taking someone for that hardwired preference they might have.
1: Okay, good. Okay, then Donut, I mean, Margie, then why don't we talk about our remaining dichotomy? And that is the difference between judging and perceiving. So let's begin with judging. Does a person with a preference for judging, are they judgmental?
2: They are not. So let's, let's talk about, uh, the, the judging and, and thinking about the perceiving. I know we're not there yet, but what we're describing in, in this dichotomy is how we deal with our priorities, according to Myers Briggs. And so sometimes these, these judging and perceiving are thought of as our, how we deal with our lifestyle or our outer world. And because it's described as our outer world or lifestyle, it's on display for everyone to see. And this dichotomy, it's, this is my favorite dichotomy because this is the one where I see a lot of misunderstandings and tensions uh, in relationships uh, personally and professionally. So to be clear, you're right. Uh, judging is that it's a preference for judging and it's not judgmental. So in describing how someone with this preference would deal with priorities, their general organizational style is going to be systematic. So they live by that motto, be prepared. They uh, approach their planning in a long-range way. They like to look ahead. So uh, when they're thinking about uh, priorities, they manage their time pressures in a certain way. So they're early starters, they like to avoid uh, that last minute uh, time pressure. They also use a schedule. So they have very established methods for their scheduling. They tend to show up and be methodical in approaching their priorities. And they like detailed plans and they like to name each step and, and complete their task in that way.
1: Well, then let's talk about the other half of that dichotomy and that is perceiving. So uh, first of all, how do you describe perceiving and how does it differ from the preference for judging?
2: Okay, so when when we're talking about judging in general, you could see that that is someone who who prefers some closure. And when we're thinking about perceiving, and this is not being perceptive, this is just uh, the preference for perceiving. And the way that that shows up, again, we're dealing with priorities. so they they have their general, organizational style as well. And they take a much more casual approach. So they're open to information and having it come in and plans for them feel like a constraint. They uh, like spontaneity. They tend to be in general flexible. And oftentimes, and, and I've heard them say this, they will regret making certain commitments when they are thinking about their approach to planning. They feel more creative under pressure, so they are thought of as pressure-prompted people. We think of them sometimes when we don't understand type as those last-minute people and wanting them to complete a project by the deadline. And we're we're watching, thinking, oh, here, they're going to come in last minute. So, again, they enjoy freedom. Uh, They feel that those schedules and those plans really uh, interfere with their ability to respond to unexpected things that come up. And you probably sensed that in me when you said you were going to surprise me. I have a preference for judging. We tend to not like surprises. Uh, and I know you have a preference for per- perceiving, if that's okay to say, and, and you like surprises uh, and you, you have fun with those. So again, um, in looking at priorities and at work and accomplishing things, you will see this much more informal approach. Uh, They like to see what might come up and they tend to give this appearance of ad-libbing things.
0: And now let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Attention HR professionals and conference planners. Are you looking for a great speaker for your upcoming meetings or conference? Better contact Mac. Do you need someone who can relate to your audience and deliver a top-notch presentation? Better contact Mac. Are you trying to find a speaker who can both educate and entertain? Better contact Mac. Mac Monroe, the boss builder, is a sought after keynote speaker and presenter who would love to present at your next meeting. His most popular topics are how to be a great boss for audiences of managers and executives, How to Gain a Seat at the Table for HR Professionals, and How to Avoid Ending Up for All Employees. Mac is a phenomenal storyteller, and his talks are lively, entertaining, and loaded with actionable strategies that will enable your attendees to make immediate positive changes. To get more information and book Mac to speak at your next conference or meeting, go online to bettercontactmac.com or call us at 931-221-2988. back to the show.
1: Okay. Yeah. Great descriptors and you're, you're correct. I do have a preference for perceiving and what's really neat about when you start to understand type, it explains a lot of things. I was talking to my mom the other day and Mm -hmm. she said, as a reminder, she's cause she used to type my papers in high school. I would write them and then she would type them because she used to work on a, she was an HR rep for a long time. So she could fly on the keyboard and She'd get so angry because the night before the paper was due, I would have my written draft ready and say, okay, mom, we're ready to go. And, you know, she would always say, how in the world can you get this done at the last minute? Why don't you plan? And I just thought, well, no, this is how I'm more comfortable doing things. And, <laughs> uh, and yet I would imagine, uh, somebody with a preference for judging would probably have their own sort of milestones, their little planning sheet. Like by this week, I will have the rough draft. And by next week I'll have the other, so I'm guessing based on what you tell me, Margie, is that you are kind of that person that likes things ordered and structured, right?
2: Yes, yes, and and I will be the one that's seeking the closure on things. That that's funny. You talk about the story uh, about your mom. I can remember last year, early in the year, I was going to do a workshop with uh, an organization, and I wanted a different video clip. And you may recall this. I asked you to to pull the clip because I have no idea how to do that. And I told you when I needed it by, and I knew, I knew you would have it and you would come in right at the deadline. But it was interesting when I looked in our, our shared folder, I had four clips to choose from. <laughs> but uh, that, that's, that's you and that's your preference for perceiving showing up. And it made for a great story in the workshop. Uh, When I was going through this dichotomy with them, and when I shared that story, those folks with the perceiving preference in the room, you know, got a chuckle out of that, that
1: story. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's be real. The preference for perceiving is far superior because (laughs) you could read the group and in the moment you could say, I know this video is not going to work. So thank goodness I have three others to pick from, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
2: Yes, it's true. And I think uh, I know you and I've done some uh, projects together. We've worked on models and and workbooks and and things like that. And that is a a lot of value that that preference for perceiving can bring to projects is they will consider uh, more than one activity. And so they can read the room, they're spontaneous, and they can read the room and see that there might be a different approach needed, where as I come in, I'm very structured with my, my objectives and my activities, and not always uh, having the ability to change it up and be spontaneous like that.
1: Yeah, it's funny, as we're talking about that, I was thinking back, and when we had first moved to Maryland, this is back in 2000, 2001, I was involved with the, well, it was the ASTD back then, Mm-hmm. But I had qualified for to to do Myers-Briggs and had run into, and I, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever mentioned, uh, her name was uh, Nicola Klein. She was from Germany, and she was uh, qualified in type. And so mm-hmm. uh, she had landed a thing with the the Smithsonian Institution. That's mm-hmm. the people that do the museum. So a bunch of museum mm-hmm. curators. And mm-hmm. she says, you know, they want another trainer. Would you do it with me? I says, yeah, that would be great. So her preference was, if I remember correctly, E-N-F-J. And of course, my preference is INFP. And I remember when we were done, she said to me in her heavy German accent, I don't think I can work with you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe part of it was sort of cultural. Uh, you know, people from Germany tend to be very, uh, you know, spot on with the timing and, mm-hmm. you know, I was just sort of, uh, let's sort of take it as it comes. So yeah, that was the one and only time we really worked together. And, uh, she didn't like it. But that I think what's neat about this, and, and we're going to go back to the, the list of questions because I know that was that's more comfortable if you have a preference for Jay, but it's really neat to understand this because what that does is it removes some of the ambiguity around it and it also removes the name calling and, and uh-huh. you know, saying, I don't want to work with that person anymore because you're too difficult or uh-huh. you're too stubborn or you're too set in your ways or you can't focus now. We actually have a language Mm -hmm. and more importantly, we have the knowledge behind the language. And I really think this is a way that you can certainly improve relationships and rapport and all those things. So now let's go back to some questions here. The boss, that's our audience, those folks who are newly promoted to supervisors, those who are new in the role and struggling and those even thinking about it. How could the boss understand their own preference for judging, assuming they've never taken the Myers-Briggs type indicator? How would they know?
2: Well... First thing I would suggest is go back and listen uh, to the beginning of this podcast and listen to those descriptors, as I described judging and perceiving, and then find in those descriptors what's true for you. You know, the, th- the important thing to remember in type is not every single descriptor is going to fit you when you have a preference. In general, it should feel like a good fit uh, in type. We are looking for a best fit. And when you feel one or the other is a good fit for you, then take those, those descriptors and understand that when you're coming in as the boss, this is you and how you're hardwired. But when you're leading other people, they may not be hardwired in the same way. And, and when you were talking earlier, you were describing how it is comfortable to be with someone just like us. That feels really good, just like our favorite cozy sweater. You know, now it's winter here in West Virginia, and that feels really comfortable. What we need to do and think about uh, in our teams is having the both preferences because they both are valuable and bring different things and different perspectives to working together. So look at those. And so that first, and you know, Mac, we teach this in our model it first starts with self awareness. So be aware of you and how you're hardwired and then find ways to manage that when you're working with someone who gives the appearance to being opposite of you.
1: Okay. Well then I would assume the same would apply for perceiving. Go back to those descriptors. Yes. And and see which of these do you feel most which of which of these is that comfortable sweater? Mm-hmm. Well, then let's take a look at at really four areas that the boss has to be concerned with as they are, you know, fixing systems and problems, they're protecting the house and developing others. And so the first one is managing priorities. So tell us how managing priorities would look different depending on a preference for judging or a preference for perceiving.
2: Okay, sure. So when we're looking at judging and you think about uh, the descriptors that Um, that I used, knowing that someone, whether you're the boss or it's someone that's on your team, that preference for judging will approach work. Remember, they're going to have a plan and they're going to trust the plan. So they're going to be working toward goals. Uh, They're going to do that in a methodical way. They're going to be orderly. And so they tend to thrive in a structured, scheduled environment. And If you as the boss have that preference for perceiving or you're leading someone with that preference, again, remembering they're going to approach their work in a a flexible way, and they're going to be trusting the process, keeping it open, looking for new information, new opportunities, and, and knowing that they will usually, in general, meet the deadline. It's just that that's when they're going to come in with completion typically right at the deadline because remembering they're more pressure prompted and that's when they're going to do their best work.
1: Okay. Now what about in communicating? How do these two preferences play out in communicating with our direct reports?
2: Okay. So we'll go back and we'll just start with judging and knowing that in communicating they are decisive and they're going to share information about the the task that needs to be done. And then they're going to move ahead. And they're going to be organized in their communications, they're going to be task focused, Uh, they're going to be goal focused. And in communicating with, um, or, or knowing you have someone with perceiving, again, remembering that they're going to be flexible and adaptable. And they're going to Uh, Approach it considering a a wide range of options. So a couple suggestions here is if you are communicating with someone like me with a preference for judging, uh, knowing that I'm seeking closure uh, and that when you're sharing information with me, I'm going to like that in a structured, organized way and that I'm going to want to approach what I'm doing without a lot of surprises uh, or too many options. And then again, with perceiving, knowing, uh, communicating with them because of that need for flexibility, uh, be willing to approach whatever work you're trying to get done in a spontaneous, flexible way and give them some space to explore and be accommodating when... They bring up something that's unexpected for you.
1: What about now? Because we're sort of describing behavior that the boss mm-hmm. needs to know. So, how do we sum mm-hmm. that up? Let's say in a leadership style. What would be the way that we would be able to leverage these?
2: With the judging, I would say that. Um, and and your question was, I'm sorry.
1: Well, we sum to, it up. Yeah. So we want to. T- so we've given behaviors. You know, the boss is is going to handle managing priorities and communicating a certain way. Let's roll that up a little bit into a leadership style. So I, do, I, do I maximize my leadership if I have a preference for judging, perceiving? Should I mix and match? What would you recommend?
2: Oh, I definitely think, again, going back to your self-awareness, but having the ability to be flexible if you're like me or if you're perceiving, having the ability to, to we call it in and teps- uh, type flexing having the ability to learn what the opposite looks like and acts like and then being able to flex over and approach someone first in their style and the way they prefer always staying true to yourself you're going to get you're going to get more done if you're flexing over to them first and then moving back to your true self okay
1: Well, the last one that I want to look at is handling change. And so I'm guessing the short answer, if we want to just run with assumption here, is that if I have a preference for judging, change is going to really freak me out. But if I have a preference for perceiving, then I would almost look forward to change. That's very broad. I'm sure it's not totally accurate. But since the boss is going to have to manage change and Mm -hmm. pretty much every organization I work with is undergoing some sort of change. What are your recommendations for the boss in dealing with this really, really tough topic?
2: Okay, so in thinking about change, knowing that the preference for judging, we're, we're not excited about change. Typically, uh, it makes us nervous. Things that would help us is having a timetable and having the ability to stay somewhat on course and, and sticking to that plan, that's important. And knowing that, during change for us, we we oftentimes feel some sense of instability when things aren't going by the plan and they're structured uh, in a way because uh, things are changing. And then I would think with perceiving uh, again in change, it does excite you. Uh, you like that freedom and you like adaptability and. You are with that spontaneous. You have the the ability, and I described this about you earlier too. Is you can revise the course when it's necessary, Uh, and so knowing that a blend of both of these will, and and not staying over there just with your cozy sweater, but actually flexing over and tapping into somebody else's cozy sweater is going to help you uh, through the change and and to get things done.
1: Well. We have given, you have given the audience a lot of information over the course of three podcasts. And so Mm -hmm. the good news is, and this is a gift for our listeners on the Boss Builder podcast, you have agreed as a gift for tuning in that you would be willing to administer the Myers-Briggs type indicator and give a one hour debrief of that over the phone as a special discount to our listeners. And so the the, the place to go if you are interested as to my website, thebossbuilders.com slash MBTI offer. And when you sign up for that, you will be contacted by uh, Margie's assistant and Margie will do the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator online with you and debrief it for the low discount price of $149, which, uh, you may think that's high. I can tell you that is a bargain basement price, not just because of the cost of the instrument and of course, Margie's time, because she's real good at this, but think about what you'll get from that. You will have a whole new insight into how you do things and more importantly, how you show up as the boss. And, and I am fairly certain if you were to take the time to do that and begin to implement some of those areas that she'll talk to you about, your people will, over the course of maybe a month or so, they'll start saying things like this. You know, we don't know what happened to you and we really don't know what you did, but we, we like it. So whatever you're doing, boss, keep doing it. That self-awareness is huge. And so I would strongly encourage you to take advantage of Margie's offer. That again is thebossbuilders.com slash MBTI offer. So, Margie, thank you so much. We have enjoyed having you over the course of the podcast doing this. If you also are interested, Margie did one earlier. I can't remember the episode number, but it was on what the boss needs to know about coaching, which is an outstanding episode. But this has been a really good conversation. So aside from the offer, Margie, how can my audience get a hold of you?
2: Sure. They can reach me uh, by email at Margie, M-A-R-G-I, Bush, B-U-S-H, at Collaborative Thinking. WB.com. They can look me up on my web- website, and that is wisdomtreecoaching.com. And then there you'll find my telephone number and also my email address as well on my website.
1: That's great. Well, Margie, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on the show with us. And again, get out there, get to that website. That is slash MBTI offer and take advantage of this opportunity with Margie. Margie, thank you so much for being on the show and enjoy the rest of your work week.
2: I will. Thank you so much, Mike. Always a pleasure to be here.
1: Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to another episode of the Boss Builder Podcast. You know, if you're listening to these as you are commuting to and from work, I would highly recommend you listen again when you get home, just so you can take some notes. We do our best to get you great information, and sometimes if you're like me, you got to write the stuff down. On another note, for your further development, if you work for an organization and you think that it would be valuable to partner with us, which I think is a good idea... We invite you to check us out online at thebossbuilders.com. We have three options our signature driving results on site workshop, which our trainers come out and deliver for you. We also have our very popular Boss Builder Academy, which is video driven. And we also offer the option of having your organization license our training materials so that your trainers can go ahead and deliver them on site. If you're listening to our podcast on iTunes or on Stitcher, the other thing we'd appreciate is if you could just take a moment and leave us a brief, positive, of course, review. That would really help us out a great deal. And refer this podcast to anybody you know that you think could benefit from it. Until the next time we meet, get out there, boss up, boss on, and more importantly, make a commitment to being the boss at being a great boss. Goodbye.